Welcome to the Player Development Pod, presented by Beyond the Field. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I hope that you all that are listening, I hope you are taking the steps to take care of your mental health and your mental wellness. Today, I'm honored to have Ivy Watts on the podcast as she will talk about mental health, mental wellness, the services she provides, and just the importance uh, in the topic, the importance of the topic, excuse me, of mental health. Here is our conversation. Hello, Player Development Pod family. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, or you're listening on Spotify. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I almost forgot about that. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have our guest, Ivy Watts, here. Um, really, really excited. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I really, really appreciate the work that Ivy does. We connected about three years ago and been meaning to uh, reconnect and just life, lives, you know, life happens, <laughs> transitions, things like that. So I'm so excited that she made time to be with us here and to be with you all listening. Um, This is a uh, I always want to bring you uh, relative intentional topics. And this is one that's really, really huge, especially in this athlete development space. And a lot of the times we do, you know, um, we we talk to this about our athletes. And I was talking to Ivy in the pre-show. But I needed this at my time, my sixth year. I needed to take care of my mental health. And and in this space, for you all that are listening, hear me out. I definitely want you to have the services for your athletes. They need it. I also want you to take care of yourself. You have a lot of people coming in your office, be it athletes, staff, um, different people in there. They can be, you know, maybe their day. They're talking about their day, things they're going through, and that that's weighty on you, and you need to take care of your mental health as well. So let me stop talking because I'll get loquacious, and Ivy has all the answers there. So Ivy, thank you so much for being here. If you could tell us more about yourself and Athlete Minds Matter. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much. It's so great to be able to reconnect all these years later. Uh, yeah, so I am a mental health empowerment speaker, um, as well as the founder of Athlete Minds Matter. I've been doing this work for about five years now. Yeah, started in about 2018. Um, and so I share my story about my struggle with my mental health. Uh, as a student athlete, I ran track at University of New Haven um, from 2011 to 2015 and really struggled with my mental health, but was too afraid to talk about it because of the stigma around mental health. And so you know, as I was able to finally get help for the anxiety and depression that I had and silence that unfortunately really kept me from reaching the goals that I had for myself athletically. And, you know, after losing my identity as well as a, a student athlete after leaving college, I wanted to really figure out how I could stop feeling so stuck in the mental health challenges that I had. And um, through therapy and a lot of the work I did there and my own work in self-care and self-love, I wanted to, you know, start helping other people um, and for them to see that they're also not stuck and that there's resources and options for them to start taking care of themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's where I got into speaking and sharing my story and tools for other people um, to know that they're not alone and to know that they have a voice and that it's a sign of strength to reach out for help and not a sign of weakness Um, and sharing with them about the power of positivity and and self-love. Um, and so with that, though, you know, working with student athletes and understanding the demands that student athletes um, and expectations that they're under, I also just recognize that me going in and doing a, a one hour presentation isn't going to 
fix the problems that mm-hmm. exist. And, you know, like you said, for, you know, staff and coaches, you know, there's so many different layers with mental health. Of course, the student athlete mental health matters, but then it's the coach and their own mental health, but then they also have to be on board to support the mental health of their student athletes. And then it's the athletic directors. And so there's so many people that kind of flow into this and, you know, so they might feel like, okay, we're going to have a speaker come in. And again, I, I love the work I do. I'm so grateful to to do it, but I just know that there's often a gap of what happens afterwards. Um, and that's where I created Athlete Minds Matter, uh, which really is a platform. It's an all-in-one platform um, designed specifically for student athletes and the unique experiences that they have with the pressures and expectations um, and really has all different self-care um, and self-care mental wellness tools all in one space for the student athletes to access and to create their own mental wellness toolkit. So they can watch videos on different content, read content. There's an interactive journal that they're able to interact with and respond to over a hundred different journal prompts around the student athlete nice. mental health um, experience for them to be able to look back. I think one of the biggest things we can do is look back and see the challenges that we've overcome when we're having new challenges to be able to remind ourselves that we can get through hard times and again that we're not stuck. Um, so that's where Athlete Minds Matter really was born from. Um, and just kind of in full, you know, honesty and disclosure, as we were talking about, you know, in the pre-show of like taking care of ourselves, um, mm-hmm. about two years ago, I, I lost my mom and I kind of also had to take a, a step back from Athlete Minds Matter. And so when it first came out, I was so excited. I was like super engaged with it. We were working with a couple of schools and athletic conferences, and we had like a lot of different initiatives going on on campus. Um, and then once that happened, I really had to take a step back for my own mental health. So um, in full honesty, the platform still exists and there are still some schools that have their student athletes on it, um, but we just aren't as engaged as we used to just because I, I don't have the capacity um, to keep to keep it up. But it's the platform still exists for student athletes to be able to to use. And I think it still can be really helpful for a student athlete who's willing to do the work for their own mental health. All right. We'll take a quick pause right there. Please like please press the like button if you're enjoying this video if you're learning if you've learned anything from this video press the like button please subscribe now let's get you back to the content all right thank you so much for you know your vulnerability and talking about that you know i heard you talk about your speaking business can you talk a little bit more about that and any other services you do provide yeah definitely um so i've been speaking now for about five years um and so sharing my story as i as i talked about but I speak a lot with student athletes and I talk with them um, and it's been really helpful and relatable for many of them because a lot of student athletes will say, you know, I never recognized that there was another student athlete who maybe looked like me or mm-hmm. participated in the same sport or just understood the pressures. Um, you know, and, and now I feel less alone and now I feel like I can do something about it. I can talk to my coach. I can go to the counseling center on campus. Um, so I've been working with many different schools ac- across the country. I've spoken to probably about like 30,000 people at this point. I don't oh, even know. I, can't, I try to keep track, but I can't. Um, yeah, let's go yeah, impact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been incredible. It's been an incredible journey. I mean, I, I love the work that I do. I love speaking with student athletes and and just, again, having them feel connected to my story and for them to learn some new self-care tools and to mm-hmm. learn that they're, they don't have to wait for their mental health challenges to get 
really, really bad to start taking care of themselves, if they're feeling stressed about managing the demands of being a student athlete, if they're having anxiety before a competition like I did and having negative self-talk, they can mm-hmm. get help for it. They can talk to somebody about that. So it doesn't have to be that you have like a full-blown, you know, anxiety, depression disorder that you wait to to get help. And so I think that's what's really been um, impactful about my work. And I also just love connecting with so many student athletes who are wanting to make a difference about mental health. And that's what I wish I had when I was a student athlete. Like I, I have so much faith that this generation is going to, you know, just do so much better for, for my daughter and my children. Right. Um, right. When, you know, if my daughter decides to do sports, like these, this generation is going to be her coach, you know, hope, right. maybe hopefully. And so right. um I just, with them having a better mindset about mental health, I think it's just, it's really powerful for them to say, you know, what can I do for a teammate or what can I do on my, uh, on my campus to make a difference? How can I encourage my athletic director to invest more money into mental health? And so I think that that's really powerful. Um, And then I also do a lot of work with coaches and athletic directors as well. I think more and more schools are starting to see that, you know, the student athletes are on board. Um, with these conversations, but there's a huge disconnect with the coaches. Absolutely. Um, you know, whether it's that they, you know, aren't able to see that mental health problems are a real thing or, you know, kind right. of going into that stigmatizing language of they're right. lazy or being weak or Absolutely. suck it up. You know, and then I hear from coaches who are like partly on board where they want to offer mental health days, but then they're like, well, when do we know if a student is like, you know, just taking advantage of this? And so for me, it's really important for coaches to know that, you know, your own perception of what is a struggle is different than what your student athlete's perception of a struggle is. And that's really important for um, that to be shared and for them to have that knowledge and awareness. Um, So I do a lot of work on helping them to see warning signs, how to have effective conversations around mental health challenges with their student athletes, um, as well as how to take care of themselves. And I think that's the most important thing for all of us um, to be able to support anybody in our lives. We have to take care of ourselves first. So um, I've been doing work with coaches and more and more schools are, are seeing that need, which I'm grateful for because like like we said before it's multi-faceted um with mental health so yeah it's it's interesting interesting you say that because we talked about it pre-show and i I really didn't take it serious i was always an advocate for for my for my athletes right and i finally did it i was like i can't like i just can't do this anymore and i see coaches distress right i've seen coaches become ill coaches like their physical bodies change be it weight loss weight gain and you're just like, coach, like there, you are literally like showing signs of I need help. And it's just back to that stigma. And I'm reading an incredible book right now called The Remix, which is talking about like multi-generational, uh, gener- multi-generational uh, congruency in the workplace. And it's like, you know, you have that older thought process. You know, these people are coached by baby boomers, like just tough it out, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, man, look, that, that can, you know, st- stress has you know, unfortunately, it can have a massive impact on people's lives. And so I'm with you on uh, the athletic directors and things like that and coaches, because I used to go like I would tell coaches like when I went, they were like, hey, can we meet at, you know, I was like, no, I, I meet with my I meet with my therapist every week at this time. And then we all have conversations where they were like, you have a therapist? I was like, yes. Why? Why wouldn't I? And then like, honestly, because they knew me and we were in the office, we were able to talk about some things. And it's like, coach, you especially, you know, you know this now. Um, and you've known this, like, I think for me, what the big, the big proponent of it for me was my kids. Like when I come in the house, they don't like, I have to 
I got to get rid of like not get rid, but I have to handle that before I come to the house because I have these young lies that, you know, are looking to get everything out of me and I have to make sure I'm prepared for them. Um, Hopefully I said that correctly. Uh, But also you brought up some about the athletes that I learned uh, this generation. They do a lot of preventative work, per se. Like they know their cues. They know when they need to get, you know, get right. And then even the performance side is, is something, you know different like the the self-talk we had guys who knew if we got in the locker room they would have their you know affirmation card like i'm this i'm that or they're talking to each other they just knew cues and i was i always admired that they were like no i know the game plan and i know what's about to happen when we get on this bus when i get off this bus so let me prepare uh myself so it was it's very uh interesting you 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 brought that up definitely yeah no i agree too about the coaches just like letting themselves you know, kind of be so absorbed in the work that they're doing because they love coaching. They love their student yeah. athletes. They want to, you know, um, make their student athletes better on and off the field. And yeah, it's so easy just to forget about yourself. But I love that you are so open with your st- the, the coaches and staff about the fact that you go to therapy and that like you also were upholding a boundary. Like you weren't calling your therapist like, hey, like got to cancel this this check in today. Like I have to do something with my team. No, you were saying like I have this boundary. And I think that like speaks so much to the power of vulnerability because you don't know who right. you impacted by just saying that you are in therapy. Maybe they didn't tell you and maybe they'll never tell you, but you could right. be the reason why they felt empowered enough to go and talk to somebody because you destigmatized it for them. Well, I never, I never realized that. That's, I never realized that for staff. I know players. Wow. That's, I thank you for saying that. I never realized that for staff. I know players, they would ask me like, Hey coach, can I, and I was like, oh, why is your door always closed? And I would tell them, or they would see me walk around because I like to get outside too. Like I liked outside, so it's kind of therapeutic for both ways for me. Um, and they were like, "What? What are you doing?" And I would tell them, and they're like, "Man, hey, can you set me up?" And so like, so that was awesome. Now you do have services, but you are an author. Come on, author, let's go. Where is it at? I know it. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Can you talk to us about your book? Um, your title, you know, the purpose behind writing a book and where people can find it. Come on, y'all. Let's support. Let's support. So exciting. Yeah. I like somebody said to me at a conference, I was at, like, oh, you're an author, right? And I had to think, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's something that's still kind of bizarre to me. It's always something I wanted to do was write a book and it just you know, life happens and, and it doesn't, doesn't work out, but I, um, I'm so like proud to be able to, to have this book. So this book is called, um, you are worth fighting for, uh, mm-hmm. your guide to finding mental wellness and self-love. And this book is kind of similar to when I spoke about, um, athlete minds matter and just like identifying the gap between the work I do in an hour or 90 minutes with a school or a couple of workshops over a semester, and then what happens after the fact and acknowledging that everyone has their own unique mental health journey. Um, this book is really to help someone take the tools that they've learned in my presentation, or maybe they haven't even heard me speak, but to build off of, of that and to build their own unique mental wellness tools that are going to help them through their own unique journey. Um, and this book, so I based it off of 11 of my mom's teachings. So she had these like sayings that she always had. They were like, constant when I was growing up. So, you know, something like nothing less than a bath and a half was like her famous one. So like telling my brother and I like to never buy a house with nothing less than a bath and a half. Uh. Um, a funny one is it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. So like mm. feel your feelings better to do, you know, be pissed off about it than being pissed right. on. Um, things like, uh, 
hold on. <laughs> uh, things like organization is the key to life or um, a place for everything and everything in its place. So just so many different nice. sayings that, you know, at the highest level have a practical meaning of like keeping things clean or, you know, being patient while you're in traffic or whatever it might have been. Um, but when I really started to reflect, I was able to see how these life lessons had a deeper meaning in finding your self-love and self-worth. Um, so mm -hmm. this book is really special to me because each chapter... I take that saying and then I put my own um, mental health spin on it. And again, to help someone to find their own sense of mental wellness, self-love, confidence, internal validation, um, sense of belonging. Um, mm -hmm. So really just honoring my mom and her life. Um, and then also continuing on the work I do with mental wellness. And it's funny, I actually am starting to reread this book right now um, yeah. for myself and just thinking about how I'm in my own like transitional period with my life and mm -hmm. just thinking about how I can continue to build in my self-worth tools. Because I think, you know, one of the chapters I talk about how it's okay if we kind of like fall off of what we want our lives to be, or we fall off of our self-love or self-care routine or journey. It uh, doesn't make us a failure. It makes us human. So it's, it's not always about like taking those steps back and feeling like our work, it doesn't mean anything. It's about right. seeing that we've had these difficult times in the past and we can pull from the lessons that we've learned from them and to start again. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going <laughs> to read some of my own words too, just to kind of like remind myself of where I've been and the, the thoughts that I've had. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I'm just really grateful that this book is out. Um, and yeah, and since October, I've already yes. sold like almost 900 copies. So I'm like, let's really, really go. so thankful. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Player Development Pie family. Let's let's get it to 1K. I'm getting mine today. I'm getting mine today. I love it. Let's Thank get you. it to 1K. Make sure we make that happen. <laughs> so you brought up a word um, that I've heard, um, mental wellness. Um, can you talk about that? And correct me if I'm wrong, because I think... Whenever we talk about health, right, you, when people say mental health, you think about health in general, right? They tell people will eat better or exercise and people don't usually people when they do that, they usually don't wait until it gets to a situation where they have to um, in in general sense, have to eat better or exercise. People kind of do it and they say, oh, you know, I got to take care of my body. I got to take care of my body. How do we kind of switch that mindset with mental health where people are like, look, I need, you need to take care of it all the time. It doesn't have to be a dire situation or whatever. And then can you kind of define which, what mental wellness would be for you? I know I asked a lot, so if you need to pause and stop me, uh, please do. Yeah, no, I think those are all really good questions. I think when we think about mental health, I think it's, it's, so kind of building off of what we we're just talking about with the book, there's a chapter that I have around, you know, putting your mental health at the top of your to-do list and knowing that mm -hmm. you're more than your to-do list. And I talk about how one of my mom's saying is to, to take care of your teeth and how mm -hmm. something like, you know, that's a physical health thing that we want to make sure that we're right. taking care of our teeth. Because if we go to the dentist and we're not taking care of our teeth, lots of bills are going to add up and it also impacts our overall health. Unfortunately, well. I found that out. Yes, um, but yeah, but if you think about that, you're like, okay, you know, twice a year, I have to go to the dentist and you kind of have these things or like once a year, I'm going to go to get my physical and you have all of these checks that you're already doing for your physical health, or I'm going to always go to the gym. I'm going to make sure I'm staying in shape. I'm going to make sure that I'm eating healthy foods. Um, but it's very easy for us to kind of see our head as disconnected from the rest of our body mm. and to say, okay, well you know, what I'm going through mentally isn't really a big deal because, you know, a friend I have 
that they're going through something so much worse than what I am. I should just suck it up. Or this isn't a big deal. Like, let me just get over it. Um, Or you kind of just like continue to push those feelings down. And I think with our mental health, we have to be, I think that's what mental wellness is, to be able to see that we need to be able to pour into this part of our body as well as the rest part as, as well and taking care of our our mind in the same way that we do our body. So, mm-hmm. you know, having that consistent practice of self-care, whatever that means for you, everyone's self-care is going to be different. But, you know, if, if exercise is your thing for for um, your physical health, also recognizing how that can be a great stress relief for your mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe even adding in some mindfulness to that, like really just mm-hmm. being mindful in that moment rather than, you know, thinking about what you're doing after your workout, you know, adding in some journaling to your day, adding in some Mm -hmm. positive affirmations. But I think when you have that consistency, even if it's not every day, because we're human and, you know, we're not always going to be 100% all of the time, but Mm -hmm. that consistency helps us to be mentally well. And we're able to be, feel good about ourselves, just like we do with our physical wellness and our physical health. So those two terms are interchangeable with the mental health and and mental wellness. Um, But just really knowing that, it's about having that consistency and making sure that, you know, taking care of, your, of yourself and having that self-care is also part of that lengthy to-do list that you have. And and knowing that just like you shouldn't and don't have to wait for your physical health to get really, really bad to start going to the gym and eating healthy, you don't have to do the same thing for your mental health and your mental wellness. So, yeah. Oh, I think appreciate I, it. I, hope, I hope I answered. No, that, that definitely answered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely answered it. Because I, was, I was wondering if those are interchangeable. So you mentioned that. So we talked about at the beginning of the show, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Can you talk about the importance of that, um, why it's important for uh, us around the world and you know to know about this? And what is the number one step someone listening to this saying, you know what? I need to take care of my mental health. What is the thing they can do today to start? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I think the the great thing about having a month that's dedicated to mental health is you're going to see it everywhere, right? You're going to see um, a black about about black mental health. You're going to see about mm-hmm. maternal mental health. You're going to see mm-hmm. about, you know, trans mental health. You're going to see about it everywhere. And I think that that's just a powerful reminder to know that your mental health matters. Um, but I think it's similar to what I was saying before about like my work and like the gap. I think it's a conversation that we have to continue to keep having. And, you know, I think it's a great first step, like maybe for mental health awareness month for, for you as a listener, like you're going to dedicate the next, you know, 25 days or whatever is left of May. Um, to, to have an intention for self-care every single day and then encouraging you to, to carry that on in some capacity after May is over. But I think it's just a really great way to start the conversation for someone who might have believed the stigma for them to see so many different things on social media and in their communities and um, just different spaces in, in general. I think everyone's really talking about mental health right now. So the news, whatever it might be, um, for them to just be able to feel empowered and feel a little bit less of that stigma. And for them to take that next step for themselves. So I think that's why Mental Health Awareness Month is so important because it just starts the conversation for someone who might not have felt yet ready Um, or for them to maybe they are feeling ready or they do know a lot about mental health for them to learn more about mental health, to try a new self-care technique. Um, So I think that's what the the power of it is, just to really have like a dedicated month to to talk all things about, about mental health and taking care of yourself. Um, and I think if if you're thinking about what's the one thing you can do today, I think there's so many things that you can do. Um, but the one thing I would say is that um, don't let fear or society's negative narrative or your own negative narrative keep you from 
taking the chance today to take a chance on yourself and to pour into yourself um, and to give yourself the same love and kindness and compassion that you would give to a friend that's struggling with something else, something very similar. So I think I would say, you know, ask yourself if your best friend was struggling with this exact same situation, what would you tell them to do and do that for yourself? Uh, Really make an intention today to do that for yourself. So if you tell your friend like, Hey, it's okay to struggle. You know, how can I support you? What can you do right now to, to get through this? You know, when I'm struggling, maybe I like to watch a movie. Do you want to watch a movie together? Okay. Then take that space tonight to, no matter what's on your schedule, just take some time to just plug in some time for, for a movie or a walk or breathing exercises or whatever it is. But I would just say like taking that space today to do one thing that's going to allow you to take a break from your go, go, go schedule and to give yourself the space to really pour into yourself. That's what I would say is the, the one thing. Cause once you start right. and you start having that intention consistently, the practice just gets easier. Um, right. And again, you might fall off of that routine, but you can always start back again. You can always give yourself the permission um, to start again. So Yeah, I would say just finding the thing that you want to try for self-care and just starting, even though it seems like so cliche, but um, taking that first step into the unknown is really what um, is all about. It's all about for healing and self-love. Awesome. Awesome. Well, appreciate that. You all that are listening, please take that step. Please do. Um, I was talking to Ivy and pre-show. I've had to take the step myself. We were supposed to record this about maybe a month ago. And I just, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to record the pods. I, and you all, we took a break. You all know that I just needed some time. Uh, and so that for me is just kind of decluttering my schedule, um, decluttering my, um, responsibilities per se, and just being mindful, but it definitely was going to happen. And, and this is a great time for this. So you mentioned, uh, kind of going back to what you talked about earlier about speaking and some of the services you provide. One thing I always like to say when I have guests who have services is if you're if a university or professional team organization franchise brings you in, what does an engagement look like or what can it look like? Yeah, definitely. So typically when I'm brought in, I'm brought in usually for either a 60 or a 90 minute engagement. Some schools will like to do something like, like a keynote presentation with me and then you know, I'll do some work with individual teams or I've done some work like mentoring, either if it's like one on one on one or like in group settings, with student athletes who want to continue on the conversation after they've heard me speak. Um, but that's all up to the school. But typically what that that one hour would look like, um, you know, I, I, I come in, I have I have my slides um, kind of being very interactive is my goal. Um with with the student athletes so you'll see me like running up and down um Mm -hmm. the stands of the student athletes i really really thrive off of having that interaction and you know before i share with them any self-care tools i'm asking them for their self-care tools before i'm sharing with them how to break the stigma and and help their teammates i'm asking them what they might do for a friend and the goal with that is to really empower them to see that they already have a lot of skills they already have a lot of strengths and they already have a lot of tools and my goal Mm -hmm. is to help them just to recognize them and to help them to build off of them. Um, So it's super interactive, um, helping to ask questions that help to break the stigma and for them to even be able to look around the room and see that others might also be feeling some of the things that they felt before, might have also felt afraid to talk about their mental health struggles. Um, So just really interactive. And and at the end, we always um, chant some positive affirmations together as well, which is something that's so huge for me. I know you talked about this with your players. 
you know, and it's just so important, you know, what you say to yourself is really what you mm -hmm. become. It really creates your reality. And so, you know, society often d dictates us or encourages us to be negative. And so I think it really mm -hmm. is something that's challenging to do sometimes to be positive, but it, it really is so helpful for your mental wellness and self-care and self-love journey. Um, so at the end, we're talking about the power of positivity, how that can help you in your performance on the field or on the court, the track as well. Um, and we, we say those affirmations together. So again, that, that interaction and also to really end the conversation on a positive note, because we talk about some heavy stuff, right? We talk about, you know, my struggles with anxiety and depression mm -hmm. and, and, you know, some suicidal ideation, right? And there's always trigger warnings before, but, um, we talk about all these things and they might start feeling some of their own feelings about their own story or a friend's story. Um, but then at the end, it's really about wrapping it all up and knowing that no matter what you've gone through, that you are more than good enough to keep moving forward, that you are more than good enough to get through whatever challenge comes your way, that you have the tools to keep putting that one foot in front of the other. Um, so that power of positivity is how we wrap it up so they can have this this another like very tangible, easy self-care tool um, to take with them. Um, and I guess the other thing I forgot to mention is that we also like practice some self-care tools together, hands-on. Mm -hmm. um, so I share with them self-care tools, but then we also do a tool called emotional freedom technique tapping together, um, which for some people it might seem a little silly or superficial, but it's just the practice of using your hand and mm -hmm. tapping on 10 different energy points in your body to send positive messages to your brain and help to reduce some stress. So the idea there is for them to like lead there with like a tangible tool um so yeah that if, if a school is to bring me in it's like super interactive um very vulnerable goal is mm -hmm. to break the stigma empower them to take that next step um and to really feel the power of positivity um throughout the whole thing awesome thank you so much it, that you brought up something the tangible touch i don't know where i read it in a book or i saw something but like the tangible touch i remember like i would have places where i was frustrated and i remember i would just touch something and just read like refocus, take a deep yeah. breath. This right. person's not listening to what they're saying. They didn't wake up to make your day bad, you know? So it's interesting. Um, <laughs> you said, why were you said that? I thought about that. Yeah, so, um, before we get to where our, um, guests can find you. And as we conclude this, uh, podcast episode, um, I, I just had a thought, could you give a, we'll call this, um, uh, what is it called? Improv. There we go. This will be an improv. First time we've ever done this on the show. But you get on the elevator. You get on the elevator and someone is listening to this pod. A lot of people that listen to this podcast are people who want to get in this field. And, you know, it, it can be tough to get in this player development field or people want to transition in. And you get on this elevator with this person. And you can tell that you, you have your conversation. Hey, and they just they're they need hope. They're kind of still, you know checking away, but they're at that place. Like, man, I, I just, I can't, if you could just give us a, a quick elevator pitch of hope, that would be uh, incredible if you're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that question. Um, I think the biggest thing I probably would tell somebody is that it may seem really difficult right now, but there's always light within the darkness Sometimes we have to seek for it. Sometimes we have to pull it from, you know, the deepest part of us. But there is always joy. There is always light. And to find the light within the darkness. Um, and to, to know that even when it feels like hope, all hope is lost, that there there is that hope. And, and to think back on those times when it felt like 
it was the end that you felt like mm -hmm. you couldn't get through that it felt like you know you just you just didn't want to continue on but yet somehow you found a way to get through it whether it was your own internal strength or a friend that helped you through and mm -hmm. and just use that same experience to provide you with hope to know that you know you you've got this you've got this awesome and here's the elevator sound ding floor 17. <laughs> <laughs> well Thank you so much uh, for being here. Thank you so much for making time. I mean, this is this has been really, really good. Like I said, I'm about to order my book today. Um, and if you could tell our, our our listeners where they can find you on socials, if you want to give an email, anything like that, you know, yeah. any way they can uh, get to you. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't know if people still use Facebook, but um, <laughs> Um, Ivy Watts speaks. So Ivy Watts speaks. Ivy Watts is my name and then speaks at the end of it. Um, the book you can get on ivywattspeaks.com. Um, nice. there's also more information about my speaking engagements on ivywattspeaks.com. Um, and then athletemindsmatter.com is the website. If you want to check out the platform for, for athlete mental health, um, yeah, that's all my spaces. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for making time. Thank you for bringing this important topic to my listeners. I've been wanting to do it, but I didn't want to be the person to do it. And so I'm so thankful that you made the time for us. So that's that. Thank you so much and have a great one. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for spending your precious time with me. I really, truly appreciate that. God bless you. Go out and create generational impact. Don't wait. Create the generational impact today.